And now as we step into that scripture portion of our service, I want to take a moment to just reflect on why the scripture portion in this service is a little bit different than all of the other services. Um, So we don't have a time in this service where I will read to you the English Standard Version translation of the Bible. And the reason for that is not because we don't like the Bible, it's because these videos are actually a paraphrase of a section of scripture. So today our scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. And if you want to, during the video, during my message, you could pull your phone out and follow along on Bible Gateway, or you, or you could bring your Bible. I won't be offended if you're looking at your phones, and honestly, I probably won't see it. But today's message comes from Mark chapter 2, and in it, we see that Jesus is the kind of doctor that just, doesn't just treat symptoms, but he's the kind of doctor that actually treats the deeper illness. And we hear about that in our video for this morning. Jesus traveled home to the town of Capernaum. When the people in the town heard that Jesus was there, they gathered at a house to hear him teach. Pharisees and other teachers of the law had traveled from villages all over Galilee and Judea. Some even came from Jerusalem to hear Jesus. So many people came that they stood in the doorway and there was no more room for anyone else. Four men came to the house. They were carrying their friend on a mat because he could not walk. They wanted Jesus to heal him, but they could not get through the crowd. So the men carried their friend up to the roof. They took off part of the roof above Jesus. Then they lowered their friend so that he was right in front of Jesus. Jesus saw that the friends had faith, and he told the man lying on the mat, young man, your sins are forgiven. When the religious leaders heard this, they thought, who does Jesus think he is? He is being disrespectful to God. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what the religious leaders were thinking. He said to them, why are you thinking like that? Is it easier for me to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk? As God's son, Jesus had the power to forgive people's sins. But how could he prove that the man's sins were really forgiven? Jesus showed his power on earth to forgive sins by turning back to the man on the mat and saying, get up, pick up your mat, and go home. The man who had been unable to walk immediately got up. He picked up his mat and he went home, just like Jesus commanded. Everyone in the crowd saw what happened, and they could hardly believe what they had seen. They praised God and said, We have never seen anything like this. The man who was paralyzed needed to be healed. Jesus did something even greater. Jesus forgave his sins, and then he healed the man. Because Jesus is God, he has the power and authority to heal and forgive. Jesus forgives everyone who trusts in him. So in our video for this morning, we see that Jesus is the doctor who doesn't just treat the symptoms, but he treats the illness. And I think in order to really understand all of the depth of what's happening in this passage from Mark chapter 2, it's helpful to take a step back and, and review for a second what the Christian story tells us about our world. And one of the things that it tells us is in the beginning, right, 
God did a miracle over the course of seven days to create a perfect world. And in the perfect world that God created, he created Adam and Eve to live in it. And when they were living in that perfect world, there was no need for miracles because everything was perfect. People were in a perfect relationship. People had perfect health. There was no such thing as death. There were no need for miracles because the perfect world that God created was working perfectly. And then... Already, beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve step outside of the perfect, the perfect existence that God had given them, and they decide to do something different. They decide to take the fruit that God told them not to take. And what that sin does is it knocks our entire perfect world out of balance. It's like when, you, when your ceiling fan is just a little bit out of balance and it just starts to, to, you hear that soft ticking. Well, if you ran your ceiling fan for a year straight after that soft ticking, eventually it would be kind of wobbling out of control. And that's really what this creation does. When sin comes into the world, brokenness is everywhere. When sin comes into the world, death comes into the world, illness comes into the world, brokenness, conflict, wars come into the world, and we live in this world where we are surrounded by symptoms of sin, and we see them all the time. And it's easy for us to say, well, those symptoms of sin, you know, blame Adam and Eve, they shouldn't have sinned, they brought it on us. But if we recognize what this illness is and how thoroughly the illness of sin has actually infected our world, we recognize that actually all of us participate in the illness of sin. So that all of us have a part in the responsibility for the brokenness of our world and the things that happen in it. Now, back to our text, this paralyzed man had an illness called sin. Right? And the illness called sin and the sin of the broken world that he lived in, part of the symptoms of it was the fact that he was paralyzed. And we don't know why he was paralyzed. It probably wasn't because he committed a specific sin and God punished him because we know that God punishes sin on the cross. But we do know that the fact that he can't walk is a symptom of a sinful broken world. And maybe God is going to use it to glorify him in this broken world. Something that he wouldn't have had to do in a perfect world because everybody would glorify him already. Or maybe God is using this situation of his brokenness, of his not being able to walk, to bring this man closer to him into contact with Jesus so that he can meet a doctor that doesn't just treat symptoms but that actually treats illnesses. And that's what happens, right? The four friends take him up on the roof. They find a way to get this guy to Jesus because they see the symptoms of a sinful, broken world and how it in impacts his life. They lower him down to Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Everybody sees what's wrong with this guy. Why wouldn't Jesus just tell him to get up and walk? But Jesus sees past the symptoms. He actually sees the illness that infects his life and infects our entire world. 
So Jesus says your sins are forgiven. He's the doctor that doesn't just treat symptoms, but he treats the illness. And of course, the Pharisees are up in arms because only God can forgive sins. But what they don't realize is that Jesus is God, and he speaks on God's behalf. And so that is why he actually also shows them, I don't just treat the illness, but I treat the symptoms. Get up, take up your mat, and go home. Because Jesus is the good doctor who treats the symptoms and the illness, which is sin. Which is good news for us too. Because it shows us that Jesus isn't just a guy who came to earth and did a bunch of miracles to fix a few people's lives along the way for the three years that he was here. But the greatest work that Jesus does is the work that he does as he goes up to the cross. Because on the cross, rather than doing a miracle, Jesus dies a human death. He pays the price for sin. And on the cross, Jesus wins for all of us forgiveness of sins. Because in our world, we face the symptoms of sin. We face illness, we face death, we face conflict. We see the pain of warfare. And Jesus speaks into those situations and says, your sins are forgiven. Not just to make you feel better for a little while, but when he delivers his forgiveness, when he heals the illness of sin, well, he gives you a place to belong in a perfect world that he orders. Not this sinful world, not this broken world, but a world where Jesus actually removes the illness of sin once and for all. And that's what we hope for as Christians. The fact that Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, sin will be no more, and symptoms of sin will be put away forever with them. And all of this to say that when we, like the man who was paralyzed, the man who couldn't walk, when we see the symptoms of sin in our lives, we should bring ourselves to Jesus. When we see the symptoms of sin in the lives of our friends, rather than just standing on the sidelines and lobbing bombs of advice into a broken situation, we can bring our friends to Jesus because Jesus doesn't just treat the symptoms. Jesus is the good doctor who treats the symptoms and the illness. So let's thank God for sending our Lord and Savior to not only treat symptoms, but to treat the illness also.